You're listening to Maybe You're Like Me, the transparent musings of a God girl chasing after her purpose. Maybe You're Like Me is a podcast for dreamers and doers who take life's lessons and level up to look more like Christ. We'll connect through super relatable stories, growing pains, and aha moments that most of us share, just not always out loud. I'm your host, Alicia Watson, creative entrepreneur, playwright, author, wife, mother, daughter of the king, and so much more. And I can't help but to think that maybe you're like me. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Maybe You're Like Me. We're three parts into a four-part series related to my book, Secret Donuts, A Journey to Getting Over Your Weight, Align with God, and Into Your Purpose. To recap, in 2018, God told me to write this book because not only was I obsessed with my weight, but I had made weight loss my idol and he was sick of it. He was sick of me putting my hope, faith, and trust into what I believe losing weight would do for me and how it would change my life. Essentially, he was sick of me believing in and chasing after weight loss more than I believed in and chased after him. Along the journey of writing the book, he placed things in perspective and I've since experienced peace and freedom like never before. Last week, I talked about how I know God loves fat girls, how I came to embrace that and how I could ever reject that notion. This week, I want to talk about how my husband loves a fat me, why I now know that and how I could ever doubt it. So maybe you're like me and your insecurities are ruining your marriage. It's our anniversary month. We'll celebrate 11 years of marriage this year and it's been a beautiful journey. I believe we're meant for each other, seriously. During our premarital counseling, we agreed on everything. We held all the same beliefs. We had similar ambitions, the works. During our marriage, we worked at the same place for years and then in the same room, teleworking, shared the same hobbies with the plays and the theater and the acting and the groups and all the volunteering that we did. We share a household, of course, and parenting responsibilities and all of that. We could be around each other nearly all the time and we never grew tired of one another. We hardly ever argue, never raise our voices and just get along really well. I believe God made our marriage and our children so easy because he has so much work for us to do as a unit and he didn't want us to be distracted. Yet where there's a will, there's a way. You see, in my mind, my husband is like Jill Scott's character's husband in Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? He's utterly disgusted with her weight disrespectful about it, disappointed in her and has stopped loving her because she let herself go. But in my mind, my husband is also like Jill Scott's character's other husband in Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married? He's supposed to love me into self-care, invite me to work out, encourage me, root for me and hold my hand until I get my ish together. My husband is neither. My husband is just my husband. But depending on the day, and let's face it, my hormones, I'm treating him like he's one or the other. My insecurities and obsession with my weight has been projected onto my poor husband time and time again and has caused unnecessary tension in our marriage. You know what song makes me want to flip a table? Destiny's Child's Cater to You. At one point in my life, I loved that song and low-key still do musically, but those lyrics, those lyrics feel like a whole indictment in particular when Kelly would sing I promise you I'll keep myself up I'm not gonna sing it did you think I was gonna sing it I'm not gonna sing it I promise you I'll keep myself up remain the same chick you fell in love with 
I'll keep it tight. I'll keep my figure right. I'll keep my hair fixed. Keep rocking the hottest outfits. Bruh, a whole failure as a wife. I ignored all of the other parts of the song though. I hate cooking. I don't apologize for it. We have an understanding on that. But me not being a trophy wife physically, not being a little hot thing to prance around on his arm and brag about on social media. Oh, I am doing him a great disservice. Never mind the kids, the joy and the life we built. This, this is the most important thing to me. So it had to be the most important thing to him. Has my husband ever expressed this? No. But in my mind and according to cultural standards and Beyonce and him, of course, this is what is expected. And if I can't do it, he'll find someone who will. And that's in the song too. That, that thought right there is basically the only thing that has ever been a threat to my marriage. Here's an excerpt from Secret Donuts on the topic. It's from chapter four. We need to make a U-turn and it's entitled, for richer or poor through back rolls and snatched wasteness. Ray grabbed my phone out of my hand and held it high above his head, out of my reach. Who is him? I giggled and screamed that he needed to give me my phone back. Who is him? He asked in a more demanding tone, now grinning and effortlessly fanning away my attempts at my phone. Flashback to a few minutes before, I had just tried to remind him of when we were at the store and I had brought a particular shirt, but I stopped abruptly and said, oh, that wasn't you. What I meant was that he wasn't there, that I was shopping alone. He hit me with, oh, if it wasn't me, then who was it? To which I flippantly replied, him, as I started to scroll through social media. That's when he grabbed my phone and stood up on our bed. The scene that played out after was cute, like a 90s rom-com. In the moment, we were like playful little teenagers, tickle fighting, wrestling, shadow boxing, and giggling uncontrollably. But because we're not teenagers, we tired out quickly. We both fell back onto the bed, breathing heavily, staring at the ceiling with smiles on our faces. My smile faded. You know there's no him. Better not be. Nobody else wants me. <laughs> womp womp instant mood killer. Then the monologue started in my mind. How many times do I have to remind me that self-loathing isn't sexy? He said nothing in response. Silence is his safe space in these instances, instances that I admit happen a little too often in our marriage. My usual reaction to the silence is frustration. In my mind, I think I'm pouring out my heart to you, letting you into a vulnerable space and you need to build me up in it. You need to affirm me. Hello. Hi. It's my love language. Do your job, sir. I said that I said that in my mind. I'm lying. I said that mess out loud more than a couple of times. And my husband, being a man's man who seeks to solve problems, one time actually listened to me. By the next day, I had sticky notes hidden all over the house. What was on them? Affirmations and declarations of his love. And the crowd goes, Aww. How did I react? It's wonderful. Thank you. But I kind of meant I wanted it to be authentic and in the moment, like when you're overwhelmed by my beauty and you say something right then or take pictures of me walking away or telling everybody how blessed you are to have me on your Facebook status, you know, stuff like that. The man couldn't win. The who is him incident happened well after Operation Sticky Notes and I still was not satisfied. I still was not convinced. Hence the silence. 
What was he supposed to say in that moment though? Really, what? Because as history has taught us, if he had said anything affirming, I probably would not have believed it. If I'm being honest, the problem isn't him. The problem is me. I complained that I wanted to hear affirmation. What I really wanted was confirmation. But confirmation is reinforcement of a belief. What I wanted to hear could not reinforce what I already believed about myself. What I believed about myself made anything he said a lie automatically, no matter how honest and sincere he was. I just couldn't receive it. He couldn't possibly believe I was sexy, desirable, and a wife he could be proud of to have on his arm because I didn't. If I'm being even more honest, that, that mindset has been even more detrimental to our marriage than my inability to get the weight off. When you hold negative beliefs about yourself, then it's also easy to project them onto others. That projection had me living in an unspoken state of fear. I was constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Here I was with this handsome, extremely talented, amazing husband and father to my children. And in my mind, it was just a matter of time before he got bored with me and went out and found the beautiful snatched waist woman he deserved. It was just a matter of time before the jig was up. I became highly suspicious and territorial. I wanted to check his emails and social. I followed his gaze as we walked past pretty women. I wondered if he really went to the hardware store or just picked a location far away enough that I wouldn't question the time he was gone. I live with dread. I was frustrated with myself. I felt helpless because I was racing against time to get the weight off to save a marriage that in reality was not in trouble. How shallow and empty of a marriage would we have if that were all it was about? how sexy I was and how he got to brag about it at the water cooler or in a caption on social media. That seemed to be all I really wanted though. I conveniently overlooked all we truly have while focusing on what we don't. We are truly soulmates. We share the same values and interests. We work well together and have been building and creating art both together and apart since the beginning. I believe our marriage is purpose-driven. Apart, we're great, but together we're a force. Everything that we bring to the table as individuals completes the beautiful triangle between man, woman, and God. And that makes this marriage powerful and impactful, not perfect. No one ever said it would be perfect. Yet here I was again, trying to achieve perfection and suffering for it. It's a very tone deaf perspective to have in a relationship that I claimed I wanted to work. Embracing my feelings and projecting those feelings onto him left no room to acknowledge his feelings, let alone accept them. No one wants to be called a liar, least of all my husband. Integrity is a big deal to him. So if every time he compliments me, I challenged him about whether he honestly feels that way or say something to the effect that he's just saying something to make me feel good eventually, it's bound to create a rift between us. There were days when I would watch his jaws clench in frustration. On other days, his eyes would gloss over in despair and then defeat. I could see his wheels turning, trying to figure out how to convince me that he meant what he said. It was almost in vain, though. Unfortunately, he was trying to win an argument that I was essentially having with myself. Insecurities are dangerous to a relationship. If you want a healthy relationship and if you want it to last, it's in your best interest to address them. There are two people in this marriage. We move as one, but both parties should be on the same page. At some point, I had to acknowledge that I was the problem, but not in the way I thought I was. Not in the way that my insecurities said I was. I wasn't a victim who needed saving, but a heroine who needed to simply find the inner strength and determination to use all of the powers she had inside. 
I didn't need to take Ray's outstretched hand to pull him down into the pits with me, but take that hand and allow him to pull me up to stable ground, to stand securely in his love and God's love at that moment in the present, not mentally fixing the past that had already ended or focusing on an uncontrollable future that hasn't begun. No, he needs me here and now in whatever battle that's in front of us. He needs me to believe I'm worthy. He needs me to believe I'm a worthy companion just as much as he does. It's important to determine a why in everything. Here's mine for my marriage, that we grow as individuals, as a couple, raising amazing children, and ultimately that God gets all the glory for and through it. Earlier in 2018, I posted a picture on Instagram after a workout with the caption that said, Countdown to Costa Rica. At that moment, my eyes were open, the clouds parted, and I received revelation. My husband truly loves me. Of course, I had known that before, but I didn't know, know it. I didn't embrace it with my heart. This trip to Costa Rica was significant because it was an all expenses paid vacation that we won because he entered an essay in a contest. That essay detailed our love and our marriage. I learned that not only was his entry selected, but also the essay was far more touching and beautiful than any of the other entries they received. I've never read the essay, but I believe every word of it. What I've learned through this marriage is a concept that's sometimes still very hard to grasp and internalize. It's that my husband finds value in me, in me just being me. Somewhere along the line, I had internalized self-objectification. My value was wrapped up in how people felt about me and what I did for them, needing to be someone people bragged about and who made people want to count themselves as blessed simply because I was around. And when that wasn't happening, I began to feel mighty low. But this love has been different. Throughout all of my outbursts and sorting things out, diets and starts and stops with self-care, he has tried his best to love me fully and consistently as a husband and a brother in Christ. He has loved me with all the heart and soul he put behind his marriage vows, for richer or poor, through back rolls and waist snatchedness. Would he like me to be smaller and healthier? I'm sure he would. He wants me to look and feel my best, but for me, because the thing that he has always found attractive is confidence. And ultimately, the thing he wants most for me is for me to be happy and at peace. Now that's both confirming and affirming. I'm going to stop there because I don't want this to get really long, but... In 2019, we formed a production company and produced Whisper Stage Play and Marriage Conference. We included the workshops to fortify and enrich marriages. Whisper is a play that comes straight for the enemy's attack on marriage. It's understandable then that the enemy would attack our own marriage. And he typically attacks through me and this insecurity that formed long before I knew Ray. The only reason he ever succeeds though is because I give him a foothold through a lack of focus or better yet through focusing on the wrong things. In my marriage, I need to zoom out and get in alignment with God. Doing so brought me peace. If I could leave you with any advice today, fam, it would be to build up, not tear down. Proverbs 14, 1 says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Before you can build your home, though, you have to build your strength. You have to build yourself up. I focus on Matthew 6:33 for this. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need above all else. 
Above all else, that means above my obsession with weight loss and above wanting my husband to be obsessed with me. I need to be obsessed with God and his kingdom. I build myself up and get secure in Christ so that I am not giving Ray a load he's not supposed to bear. I'll be honest and say that I am not there yet. I still slip up from time to time, like two weeks ago, time to time. (laughs) Every time I get insecure, I end up feeling crazy about and angry with myself. And I'm reminded that it's me, not Ray. I go back to the principle that God loves me unconditionally. And from there, I can accept that my husband does too. Believing that stops me from tearing my house down. Practically, I also make sure to communicate. I tell him my perspective to get clarity. If he said something, if he did something, and I interpreted it through the lens of my insecurities, I give him an opportunity to explain what he was actually saying or doing and what his intentions were behind it. I express my needs and I let him know where I am so that he has an opportunity to fill my love tank. I request time to take care of myself because sometimes I've just gotten too far off balance and need some self-care and self-maintenance to feel better about myself in my own eyes. Lastly, I'm learning to be the change and this is simple. If you want romance, then be romantic. If you want to feel love, then love. Fill his tank and he'll likely reciprocate. We are transactional by nature and what you sow, you shall reap. Well, that's all I have for today. I try to keep these episodes under 30 minutes and I think I hit it with this one. Um, I'm going to be talking about the book or things for the book for one more episode. So I hope you'll tune in. If you're like me, I'd love to hear about it. Tell me about some of your experiences because I know I'm not the only one who's dealt with this. You can find me on Instagram at the Alicia Watson. Send me a message. If you haven't already, do me a favor and subscribe, rate and review wherever you're listening. And if you know others who are like us, then please share this episode with them. Thank you so much for listening. Have a blessed week, fam. Okay. Bye.